Welcome to the Self-Love Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Rosenberg. I am the author of The Human Magnet Syndrome, The Codependent Narcissist Trap, and the creator of the Codependency Cure and Hitch Trauma Resolution Treatment Programs. If you identify with codependency, which I renamed the Self-Love Deficit Disorder, or you're caught in the crosshairs of narcissistic abuse or gaslighting, you've come to the right place. Expect the very best information that I know, whether from my own personal journey of recovery or through my 35 years of professional experience. What separates my work from others is my understanding of the origin of the problem, the solutions, and the necessity to take responsibility for one's broken picker that always points them to the dream of the soulmate, but the nightmare of the cellmate. So join my self-love recovery community and set your sights on the cure, self-love abundance. Who knows where it comes from, but I come up with these ideas. I really have always wanted to figure out because of my own struggles with what was once known as codependency, self-love deficit disorder. Why am I always attracted to these pathological narcissists who I like fall so deeply in love with and later find out I move from being a soulmate to a cellmate? The story goes, the word codependency was created in the 1970s to describe the partner of an alcoholic, co-alcoholic. And then in the early 80s, they changed the treatment programs. There's no, no longer a difference between alcoholism and drug addiction. It was chemical dependency. So it became co-chemically dependent. And that was just way too many words and syllables. So it became codependent. And then it merged to this idea that the problem of codependency is you are the partner, the dysfunctional part of a relationship with an addict. And therefore, your role had to be addressed in order for the relationship to work to promote a successful treatment. And then it then thanks to pioneers, and, and I do mean it, even though I ended up disagreeing with them, but pioneers in the 80s, they wrote books and books about codependency. And it became this this idea of a weak person who's doing everything for anyone who doesn't have an ego. And then in, in Codependency Anonymous, it, it, step one, like it's step one of all of these 12-step programs is the addiction. And what they did was they made the codependence addiction controlling others, which is preposterous. You know, the problem is that they're in relationships with narcissists. So I had this idea that I am going to change the name, but I couldn't think of a name that fit because if you have attention deficit hyperactive disorder, that's the name of the disorder and that's the problem. <laughs> so the, the name has to fit the problem. And since codependency was seen as this pervasive personality problem, bad habit problem, I started thinking the key fundamental struggle with all codependence is a lack of self-love, a lack of knowing how to love, respect, and care for themselves while doing it for everyone else. So in my very first book, the first edition of the Human Magnet Syndrome, I redefined codependency as a problem with the distribution of love, respect, caring in a relationship. They give it all, they want to get it back, but they don't. And then I explained the human magnet syndrome is codependence always fall in love with narcissists, just like opposites that are matched. So then this whole idea of self-love deficit disorder seemed to fit. And so I tried it out. And, you know, you, could, you know, I have a lot of folks that are connected to my social networking and YouTube and every codependent, they loved the term because it resonated for them. If you have self-love, 
you are not going to be attracted to unconsciously, reflexively, which human magnet syndrome says, to the narcissist. So with the name self-love deficit disorder and the reconceptualization of it, it became a specific disorder that had a diagnostic profile that made sense. Just like any other mental health disorder, I eventually created a treatment program. And that's another discussion, another topic, maybe another day, my self-love recovery treatment program. And to solve self-love deficit disorder is to neutralize it. What I do is I create a permanent transition from self-love deficit disorder through my treatment program to self-love abundance. And you can't go back because I've resolved the underlying issues, problems, or occurrences that caused it. So I came up with this concept that SLDD, self-love deficit disorder, think of a pyramid. At the base is attachment trauma. The experience of trauma from a child from age birth all the way up to their adolescent years of being raised by a pathological narcissist, one parent who has a severe personality disorder and the other parent vis-a-vis -vis the human magnet syndrome, the codependent or the self-love deficient person. And if you were raised in such a family, you experienced tremendous attachment trauma. The attachment trauma, like any trauma, any type of post-traumatic stress disorder is sequestered in the part of our brain where it doesn't want us to remember it because it's too painful, but it puts it somewhere so that we can be aware of the dangers of it so we can avoid it, but not remember it. So it's not accessible in regular memory from the attachment trauma is core shame, the fundamental belief you're not lovable or good enough from core shame comes pathological loneliness. It's this existential bone aching feeling that you are unlovable. You, no matter where you are, if you're not in a relationship, you will suffer. And the only way to make the pain of your existence go away is to be in a relationship. From that is the addiction, the SLDD relationship addiction, that the only way to make pathological loneliness pain go away is to be in the addiction. And that is the relationship takes the pain away. And at the very top of the pyramid is SLDD or codependency. And that's all of the traits and things that the person does. So if you conceptualize SLDD, according to this pyramid, you understand that the only way to solve it is to find a way to access and then integrate the trauma, which is very difficult to do if you don't have a specialized technique or ability to know where it is and to bring it forward. If you can solve the trauma, then you can solve the core shame, the loneliness, the addiction. And then with all of that solved, there's nothing that wants to make you the codependent anymore. And you never talk about the symptoms. They all change naturally. So trauma is a primary problem to the disorder. But if you never resolve where it's coming from, you're fighting it for the rest of your life, which is why they say, you know, they came up with this term dry drunk for someone who's an alcoholic that just stops drinking and right. never goes into treatment or 12 step groups is they just stop and they don't understand why they drink and how many people they hurt. What I learned early on in my career is there's always what I call an original condition that pushes a person to self-medicate, to numb, to somehow take the pain away of an emotional condition. And for some alcohol, for some it's weed, some it could be like sex, uh, food. And so if you 
put a person in recovery and they successfully become abstinent and recovering, but you didn't get to the problem for which they needed some relief from, they're going to find another way and often a, a harmful way to try to take that pain away. And, and that's why good treatment, you know, requires the resolution of the problem that put them on the path to the addiction. And self-love deficit disorder or codependency is extremely, extremely common. I estimate um, that probably around 15% of our population has SLDD and 15 to 20% of our population has pathological narcissism or, or personality disorders. And the human magnet syndrome, my book, explains that the reason narcissists and codependents always are attracted to each other is they are opposite in a way that match up. The needer, the selfish person, feels comfortable with the sacrificer and the giver. The insecure, I won't talk and let someone else talk, fits really well with the insecure who doesn't know it, who needs to dominate. And so I explain it like a dance routine. The leader cannot do a good dance without a follower. And that is why I explain that codependency for self-love deficit disorder is as much as an individual problem as a relational problem. And so if we understand that SLDD manifests in these relationships with narcissists and comes from deeper sources, as we just explained, then you have to give an explanation. So if this codependency thing is about self-love deficiency, and it comes from this invisible place of attachment trauma, the semi-invisible core shame, invisible loneliness and addiction, then instead of focusing on all the symptoms, you got to focus on the real problems. So when people said to me, you saved my life through your book, I got it because how can you change something if you don't understand it? And sometimes that's 50% of the help we give people is put into words what it is, and then they can find the solution as long as they stay true to what the problem is. So I'm grateful for that feedback and also grateful that you know I was able to come up with a way to explain the problem and then give a solution to it. You know, early on in my in my education, I said change is not the same as healing and growth, because change is to go from one one type of existence to another, if you don't solve a problem at its roots, you're just, you're, you're trying to solve it by force using um, something artificial. Change is to adopt something else. Growth and healing is to solve the problem so that you naturally become what you want or should be. And I don't mean to be so simplistic, but if you understand the um, order of the problem and how, as you go up higher, for example, on my pyramid, if you stay on the higher elements, it's like, you know, bringing a car in that's not running right. And, and I don't know anything about cars, but you, you keep putting in new spark plugs, but the problem is a deeper element with the pistons. And so the spark plugs might make it good for a little while, but there's something wrong with the engine and you have to go deep right into the middle of it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Building a self-love recovery community means the world to me. Spread the word. 
Let people know what we're talking about. And until we meet next, I'd like to leave you my favorite of all sayings by George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't forget that. Our future is in our hands, despite what anyone has told you before. You can be the self-love abundant person you've always dreamt of. It's your birthright.